Welcome to the Gilda Show. This is episode eight. I've been making an effort to, I want to do these daily. I'm going to do them stream of consciousness thoughts. At, and if I don't record one in the morning, I'm going to force myself to do it at night. So you guys are kind of like a guinea pig test audience. Beta. This is my podcast in beta. And the whole point is to create, even though the circumstances aren't perfect, like my neighbors have, it's 12, 17 a.m., and they're like playing a movie on surround sound. And I already asked them in person, like, hey, is there any way um, you guys could, like, like when you watch movies, is there any way that you guys can... Like, turn off the surround sound? Is that possible? And they're like, turn off the, oh yeah, like, we'll keep it down. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, just like, if you don't have to mention it, you know, just, he was like, okay, I'll just keep it down. I was like, all right, great. And they're the nicest people. They watch my cats when I'm gone, and they're so nice, and they never complain to me about anything, and I feel bad, you know, but also it's like 12 in the morning (laughs) and I'm just wondering if it could be lower. But then I started to think about all the times when they're not blasting movies on surround sound, like in the day. And so how maybe I can be grateful for all the times throughout the day when they're not blasting the sound. And I did this meditation retreat weekend and um, the monk leader, there's a name like Rinpoche or, or something like that, that I don't remember had said that he had chosen this location to live that, w- that he didn't know had a school right next to it. And so he wanted to meditate there and then he chose this location and moves in. And then there's a school next to it with like kids and bells and all these noises. And he had to be able to meditate despite all the noise and he was saying how when we either sit to meditate or try to get into a meditative state or be in a peaceful state that it may be really hard to do so with all this external noise but that is the practice of being able to achieve a state of presence despite the noise because my normal tendency is to try to control all the noise, like to ask the neighbor to text them to today, this morning, there were like four people outside my house just having a normal tone conversation, but loudish because it's like everyone's six feet apart from each other. And a couple houses down, there's a girl that lives there and she has a friend who's a musician or artist and she has a school bus that she's converted into like an RV and so she's in the RV and then people are outside the bus talking to her and it's echoing up into my house and I'm trying to do this meditation and they're talking and three dogs are barking at the same time and they're smoking cigarettes I mean it's like all the things and my windows are closed but like smoke is coming up through the cracks and the dogs are barking I'm meditating and I want to open the door and say like shut the fuck up But then I realized that I'm meditating. (laughs) I'm like, what kind of meditator would I be if I did that? You know, like, no, you can't 
sit. You can't tell people to shut up because they're trying to meditate. <laughs> yeah, so I pushed through and um, my cat got scared by that story. I pushed through that and I didn't open the door and scream that out even though I wanted to, but then... Several hours later, they were like back resuming the conversation. And I just thought I was at the window, just like my mom always says that I'm like this old lady that like looks out. And I'm, I'll always like call the police on like a suspicious car or if my neighbors ever had a party past 2 a.m., I would call the police and then just sleep. No guilt. Just sleep like a baby, like just total like narc. I don't care. <laughs> but then I was thinking, and my mom's like, what are you doing? Like, she would always say, like, why Like, why are you, you're like this old lady, like, looking out her window to, like, see what the noise is outside. And it's so true. It's like I'm always trying to control my environment. And I think that if I can just get these people to shut up, then I can get quiet. If the neighbors would just turn down their surround, I was literally just going to text them and say, can you guys turn off your surround sound? Because I want to record my podcast and the mic is picking up the noise. And it's just like, mm, is it though? Or do you just not want to sit and record your podcast? So then I just was like, well, let me sit and see if I can even hear it. But with these headphones on, I can't even hear it. And then that's another sign to just like do the thing that you're supposed to do and you're not even going to notice the other stuff that's bothering you. I always thought about that, about like relationships. Like uh, I would end a relationship with someone and then they would move on and, you know, get married. And I was like, ah, oh, look at them living a happy life and they're married. And they're, it's like, I didn't want to be with them, but because you know, I still didn't want them to move on because the reality was that I haven't. Like, I would leave those relationships thinking that I could do better. And if I haven't achieved that better, then I'm still, like, thinking about how, oh, they've moved on. But if I had moved on and did the things I wanted to do, that stuff wouldn't even bother me. So it's just like, do the things you want to do and the shit around you is not going to bother you. Excuse my swearing. I'm working on not swearing, but it comes up when I get excited. But it's true. It's like if you do the things that you want to do, the other stuff just bothers you less or not at all. And I'm someone that's just very easily bothered by stuff. And, oh, here we go. I have these two cats, and there's this one cat. She, like, bullied. Her name's Pishi, which means cat, kitty, and then mouse, mushy, mouse, mousy. So Pishi and Moose and then Pishi, wherever Moose is sleeping, it does not matter. She could just be like on a chair or a cushion or in the middle of the carpet. It doesn't matter. Pishi will go pet her, like lick her for two seconds and then knock her out of that spot. And she's such a bully. And I, it's so weird to me because I thought like cats don't have like ego or they don't, they don't hold like, like, how do they like hold grudge? And then Moose was like really chill for a long time. But now I just see Moose is like so resentful and she'll just like go jump on Pishi out of nowhere. But I digress. 
the point is, if you're doing the things that you enjoy and you love, stuff's not going to bother you. And I spend a lot of time not doing the things I love and then being like, who's outside? (laughs) Why is there volume up? You know, it's just like things bother me because I'm bothered because I'm not in alignment. But then the moment like I'm sitting here right now and I've got the headphones on, I'm like speaking in the microphone, I'm just like doing the thing I want to do. I'm not bothered. I'm not tired. I was exhausted. Three, when I said this, eight minutes and 42 seconds ago, I was exhausted. Like I have to go to bed. I'm so tired. I stared at a computer screen all day editing. I've been editing the podcast and also working. And I really don't like looking at a screen. And so it gets me down. And I hurt my back last week on Wednesday. I decided that I would go for a run. I've been running like four miles a day. And I've been like, what's wrong, everybody? Like, why are you upset that you're at home? Like, this isn't so bad. Just exercise. And then I go out and I decide to do squat jumps without any warm up on concrete and going super high up and like crashing down with my full body weight. And immediately after feeling like that doesn't feel good in my back. And then four hours later, I was walking at a 90 degree angle. My back, I can't walk straight for two days. My back was so in so much pain. And I just experienced it totally differently. I meditated a lot. I stretched. I put, I have this like liniment gel or something it's for horses I put that on it and I stretched and I did yoga and I did the foam roller and I have a massager and all this stuff that I use that really helped but normally I would resist this pain like oh my god I'm not gonna be able to run oh and instead I I just welcomed it and said oh okay pain there you are I see you all right I get it I have to slow down or maybe you know and I think welcoming it and just experiencing it and feeling it and not resisting it and not thinking oh this is the end of me being able to run forever and I'm going to get fat and forget it the quarantine finally hit me no just like okay this is happening accept it don't fight it and then let it move through you and that really changed this whole experience and it's been several days but normally this would have been these would have been awful awful days that I wouldn't have been able to sleep or walk or sit or anything and instead I've just been like breathing through it and meditating through it and it's helped so much and then today I discovered this practice with Michael Beckwith who was saying how he had a person who had kidney disease or kidney failure and she was wanted to be moved up on the transplant list and that's what she was praying for and he said well let's try to fix the condition of your kidneys and she she didn't trust that that was possible so he said okay well while we're waiting for the transplant list so they did it anyway and his 
method was to feel gratitude for every organ in your body that's working and for everything in your body that's working, just feel gratitude. So when you feel gratitude for what's working, that is changing your actual chemistry in your body and your frequency and you're sort of like feeling really good and you're focusing that attention like, oh, like my liver works and my heart works and my lungs work and whatever else works all these parts of my body works. So then feeling gratitude for the parts that works and then shifting that state of gratitude toward the part of your body that's not working or in pain. So then shifting that gratitude to the kidneys in her case. So for my case, it's like, oh, all this stuff works, like my hands and my feet and my arms and my legs and I can see and I can hear and I can walk and I can talk and I have all these things in my body that work that allow me to move feeling gratitude for all of that and then in that state of gratitude shifting that gratitude energy to my low back and I did other um, visual like meditation visualizations one was visualizing light intense light to my low back and seeing it and feeling it as healed and and really visualizing light to it and today it's so funny because I've been doing these um John Kabat-Zinn has been doing these mindful meditations every day live and you can join on zoom or watch on YouTube live or you can watch them recorded on YouTube later just search John Kabat-Zinn K-A-B-A-T-Z-I-N-N he wrote this book called wherever you go there you are which I love and he started this um, technique called mindful based stress reduction MBSR, which is to reduce the negative effects of stress on one's body that causes illness and other pains. And he helps heal people with mindfulness. And mindfulness being sort of like a, it's a meditative state, but that you carry over through your life. So it's like just not being in this meditation where you're sitting quietly, but that you carry that meditation over. And he was saying about back pain or it's so funny because usually I always want to ask questions no matter what I do. I'm always like the first with my hand up and I'll ask a question and I've been watching my podcast and listening to my interviews and I think, oh, I talk a lot and I bring the conversation to myself a lot and everything is focused around me a lot and I'm not listening as much. And you can gain so much from listening. Like I'm interviewing people and I'm not even listening to their answers. What kind of interviewer doesn't listen to the answers? Like I'm asking a question, he's answering, I'm thinking about my next question. But it's in the listening that you get so much and that you're able to really validate the person you're engaging or just having compassion. So in these sessions, I've usually been like that first to raise my hand to have these like existential life questions. But the more that I meditate, the more that I know that those answers are within me and I don't need any expert to answer them. And because nobody's an expert on what we know. And so it's so funny because today I didn't even try to ask questions you can ask and I mean you could potentially get chosen and I love this 
man and author and doctor and I would love to ask a question but I just felt like wow there's all these people thousands of people from around the world like I actually want to hear their questions and I'm so glad I did because the first one was a doctor who's working, you know, on the front lines and talking about fear that he could contract it and how is he supposed to stay strong for his patients? And that's such an important question. And John Kabat-Zinn's answer was to put the welcome mat out for fear and welcome it in. And the same way that we allow for our breath Breath is just part of our lives. Fear is also a part of our lives. So we want to allow it and we want to accept it and welcome it in. And then ask, is my awareness of fear actually fearful itself? So not don't ask that question of your mind, but with your heart. So when you're aware that you're fearful, are you, is that awareness fearful And this is kind of like meta. And if you don't spend time sort of thinking about these things, it may be a little confusing. But the idea is that when you sit still and you sit like you feel this wave of panic or fear come up. In that moment, if you get quiet and you say, "Okay, hi, fear, I see you, you know, and just welcome it. Come in. Hey, what's up? I see you. Now, is your awareness actually fearful of this thing? Oh, I lost my job. I don't have money. What am I going to do? Okay, shh, get quiet. I see you and then just see it and become aware of that fear and then ask if you're actually fearful. And if your heart is usually not fearful. The awareness itself is capable of holding it all in. And the next question somebody asked was, get this, about back pain. This woman had, you know, and it's funny because she, they flip to her on the Zoom and she's laying in bed. And I'm my first thought is like, oh, she can't sit up to ask a question in front of the whole world. And then she's like, I hurt my back. And I thought, ugh, Gilda, there you go. Always judging people. And it's like, we never know. We never know what people are experiencing or going through. And I'm, ah, could you hear me crack like all my back muscles? We never know what people are going through. And it's like so much better to give them the benefit of the doubt and to see them with compassion and love. And I wish I wish I was one of those people that my first thoughts would be like, oh, I, I wonder, you know, maybe she's laying down because something happened. There are people that are like that in the beginning. I'm always like, ugh. Here we go. She can't even respect John Kabat-Zinn enough to sit up. And then she's like, I have a herniated disc and I really messed it up and I can't move. And I was like, oh, oops. So there was a lesson there in not judging. And then she asked about back pain, which is like exactly what I'm going through. And I thought, see, that's so funny because I don't ask the questions, but my questions get asked. And that happens, I think, in life. It's like you don't have to be, you can just sit back and listen and and your questions will get answered. Yes! Listen for the answers to your questions. That's the deeper message there. And so she said that she 
actually was at a meditation retreat and she was so deep in the meditation that she missed the signals of this back pain and then the back pain got worse and worse and now it's actually really bad and she may have jeopardized her body because she ignored these signals so she was asking like you know what what is she supposed to do and and John Kabat-Zinn said well you have to first have compassion and humor towards yourself about prior decisions that you made that you think are bad decisions. Like, Oh, I shouldn't have ignored it or, Oh, I shouldn't have done this or should. And it's so true. It's like, I went for this run and I did these squat jumps and I'm like, ugh, so dumb. I hurt my back just because of this stupid thing. And then it's like that going back and rehashing the mistake that you made that caused this injury either emotional injury harm or physical harm that emotional trauma that you're creating adds and compounds with the physical pain that you're experiencing so just have compassion and like laugh about it and be loving to yourself about it first and then he said any pain is workable as long as you're you're willing to do the work and workable meaning through mindfulness and put the welcome mat out for pain in the same way that you do for fear and breath and all the other things welcome pain and we have to learn to live with whatever is here and it's in that acceptance of what is here that we can actually work through what's here. And, you know, I have a friend who recently said, oh, you're in denial about what's going on. And the truth is that I'm actually not. Although I'm being completely affected by what's going on, I've, I'm accepting it and I'm welcoming it. And so it seems to the outer world that I'm in denial because I'm not reacting to it. I'm welcoming it. And nobody is, not nobody, but a lot of people are resisting it. And they're fearful and they're holding on to these old ideas of what was and when things go back to business as usual, when things go back to normal, when this is all over. There is no this is all over. It's not going to be over. The bigger question is to like try to find out what the message is here. What is the message and are you missing it? Are there things that you want to do that you're not doing? And if you don't do, if you don't do them now, you're not going to do it. I heard Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys on talking to Oprah saying that. If you're not going to do the thing now, like just forget it. If I don't do this podcast and my children's book and my all the things I want to do like I might as well just go be a full-time lawyer and just forget it this is it so he said bring try to focus on the specific area of pain that you're experiencing with your breath and then get really hyper focused with your breath on that area and then move that to the general area if it's too hyper-focused, but basically really breathing into that area. And he was saying how suffering, that pain is intense discomfort, 
And suffering is really compounded by this emotional suffering that we experience. So pain is just intense discomfort, but the suffering surrounding pain comes from this emotional. So you have to see if your awareness of your discomfort is uncomfortable. So that's the same as like, is your awareness of the fear fearful? Is your awareness of the discomfort uncomfortable? And find a new way to embrace or befriend this discomfort and a new way to experience it. And then pain will be different than suffering. And you can learn to live with pain. It'll become your biggest meditation teacher. And when it does, it will disappear. And hopefully that will happen while we're still while you're still alive. That was the lesson from today that I gained in in that meditation class. And that was really beautiful. And that brings me to um I ended up tolerating the people talking through that whole meditation but then later in the afternoon they came back and they were talking out there for not a while I would say like 10 minutes but it's pretty loud and it was coming up here and I was on the phone with a friend and I was like well what should I do should I go down there well that's not that doesn't seem enlightened if I'm going down there to tell them but then I was stewing up here and their voice is echoing and the smoke's traveling up and I'm getting all frustrated and I was like I have to I had to do something, but normally I would have yelled out the window like, hey, can you guys keep it down? Thanks. And I thought, no, like I I know one of the girls and it's nicer to just go down in person. And so I went downstairs, put on my shoes, went outside and I said, hi guys, how's it going? They said, good. How are you? I said, good. How are you guys doing with the quarantine? Like chit chat. They're like, you know, like surviving. I was like, that's cool like, how are you? I was like, I'm cool. I have to work from home. And I know you guys are talking at like normal volumes, but is there any way, you know, it just echoes really loud up there. And I don't know if there's any way to like move down the block or, and they're like, oh my gosh. And then the girl just said, thank you for coming down. And they're like, yeah, totally. We were actually like thinking about moving anyway. We know she's like, I live right there and it does really bother me when people are talking right outside and I get it. And the other girl said, thanks for coming down and telling us and not just stewing upstairs. (laughs) And I said, yeah. And then I told them about how I was meditating and I was getting frustrated and we sort of talked about it and it sort of, it felt good. And I was admitted that I try to control the environment and at the end of the day it's like no matter how much I try to control all the noise I can't possibly win that game I can only win the game of my own mind and being being okay with everything as it is like yes today I went down and asked them to turn it down I really long for the day where I won't even ever notice the noise that next time I won't have to go down because I'll be okay, but that ultimately I won't even notice it. And it's the same as that pain just going away when you welcome it. It's when we resist the things that they still bother us. It's like the only way to move through things is by accepting them fully. And that's all I got.
I love the message. Try to accept fully what you're experiencing and lay out the welcome mat for any feeling that's coming up for you. Welcome it. Talk to it. Ask it what it needs. Ask it if it's real. And I had this thought that if I don't, this feels, this quarantine thing, that we're all being challenged in the way that is unique to us. So whatever, I was fine when I was running every day and then that became impossible because of the back injury and I could no longer run every day. So I was forced to sit still even more and to go even deeper than what I was already doing. I thought running every day was meditative. And then it was like, nope, now you can't move. And it's like, okay, so I have an even deeper understanding of not leaving my house physically and not exercising and what that feels like. So I can speak to people who are experiencing that. And I can feel that for myself and work through that and go deeper into my meditative practice because I can't always run and, oh, like exercise it off. How am I going to get through this? And we're all being challenged in the areas that are unique to us. And the really key here is welcoming those emotions and challenges and fears and everything that comes up and then the question I ask people, what would you do with six months to live? This is the opportunity to reflect on that really deeply. It's like when we ask people who are on their deathbeds, what do they regret not doing? We're having an opportunity by having all those options being taken away to see, were we really living the most beautiful life? That's the point of life is to really live it beautifully and to enjoy it. And when I look back, even the last six months, I think, no, I've all, or any of my life, I've done all of these things and I've lived all over the world and I've had all these wonderful experiences. But every time that I did anything, I was stressed about it, stressed about what I would be doing next and what would this mean? And after Spain, where am I going to go? And after this, well, you know, always thinking about the next thing, the opposite of that idea of wherever you go, there you are. So just be happy where you are and really live your life. And if we get a second chance, you know, I think we watch these movies with like the end of the world being like bombs and craters and people running and zombies like zombie apocalypse or whatever. And I actually have been thinking <laughs> since I've not been running about if this was really the end of the world, did I live it the best that I could? And how would I do things differently? What would I do differently? And I'm not exactly sure how I would do it differently, but I know that I would want to have seen with my own eyes all the different parts of the world and to have talked to people of all different cultures and walks of life and you know just experienced more and been present when I did it 
And the point is that if and when we get a second chance at this, how are we going to do things differently? How are we going to hit the ground running? Make your plans right now so that you can hit the ground running when we get a second chance because we don't know when COVID-20 is going to hit or COVID-22 is going to hit or whatever. Live as if this is it. Live as if this is it. And live as if this is it right now. Don't wait for this to end so you can go back to life as usual. Embrace and welcome. Lay out the welcome mat for this right here, right now. Moment by moment. Breath by breath. I love you. Bye.